Sunday at Christmas, men won't be boys Playing with bombs like kids play with toys One warm December, our hearts will see A world where men are free Someday at Christmas, there'll be no wars When we have learned what Christmas is for When we have found what life's really worth There'll be peace on earth Someday all our dreams will come to be Somewhere in a world where men are free time for you and me but someday at Christmas time someday at Christmas there'll be a land with no hungry children and no empty hands one happy morning people will share a world where people care oh someday at Christmas shining moment one prayer away from our world today someday all our dreams will come to be someday in a world where people are free maybe not in time for you and me but someday at Christmas time someday at Christmas Thank you. Anybody still have their tree up? Most of you. We took ours down Friday. And I helped. <laughs> Let me straighten my halo for just a minute and tell you the story of why I help. Jeannie had a surgery one Christmas 20-something years ago when we were in Mississippi on the 19th of December and was out of commission for a period of time. And I learned a great lesson that year because I had to take the tree down all by myself. It is a pain to take a tree down all by yourself. So since then, I've helped and tried to do better. I'm, allowed, I'm not allowed to decorate it. I can bring boxes in and put the tree together and I can help fluff. But after that, my responsibility ends in the decorating part. Taking it down, she lets me. 
If you fail to put it away, now when's a reasonable time to take it down? New Year's Day, is that kind of a, maybe a tradition? Anybody vote for Valentine's? <laughs> a few, oh, too many. That surprised me. Uh, if This side seems a little bit more well-adjusted than this side today, but that's okay. 12 days after Christmas, they, and y'all have a full-time job doing that. You know, there, there comes a time when things need to be put away. Pacifiers are cute, aren't they, in infants and babies? But you seen one too big for a pacifier? That should have been put away. When singles become couples and are married, it becomes time to erase some phone numbers and throw away some little black books from what I'd heard. <laughs> there comes a time when things need to be put away. When we become Christians and we say we identify with Christ, then it's time to put away the old ways and become new. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 puts it this way. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, thought like a child, reasoned like a child. And when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. That's talking about growing up in Christ, being a baby and then maturing in Christ. There's, well, we have to change, don't we? Ephesians chapter 4 talks about us as Christians putting away things that don't belong in the life of a believer. So then putting away falsehood, beginning in verse 25, let, us all, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors. We're members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths but only what is useful for building up as there is need so that your words may give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Today we're going to talk about putting things away. Before we go further, let's pray together. Father, today help us to not think about someone else but ourselves. Help us to see what we need to do in our lives. This isn't about our kids or our spouses or our neighbors or our friends or our bosses or our coworkers. It's about us. So, Father, in this time, let us look in that mirror that you set before us with your spirit and see what we need to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. A great story that I love and a great lesson is in 1 Kings chapter 19. It's about two great powerful prophets of God, Elijah and Elisha. J is the old one, S is the first one. So that's how I remember them. Alphabetically, J comes before S. And so J's the old one, he came first. And Elisha with S is his protege. That's how I do it. So Elijah, the older one, went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing in a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elijah was plowing with the 12th team. 
Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. That is his way of saying, I've chosen you as my apprentice to follow me, to take my place. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye and then I'll go with you. Elijah with, replied, go on back, but think about what I've done. So Elisha returned to his oxen and he slaughtered them. Just killed them right there. Used the wood from the plow, his greatest tool most likely, to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. A lot of things to learn here. One of the things that I see is Elisha is a Baptist. You see how they ate? We like to do that, don't we? I just read between the lines sometimes. But I love what Elisha, the young one, does here. He's serious. He's committed. There's no going back. There's a decisive break here. The old life is no longer possible. There is no plan B. Killing your oxen in that day and age would have been unheard of, but Elisha was serious about his new life. And part of his success, and he, he did great work if you read the rest of the Old Testament about his life, he did great work because he put things away that needed to be put away. He killed his oxen. God had no other plans for him to go back to that. There was no turning back. Remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9? Jesus said, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. I wonder if he thought about Elisha when Jesus said that. Because he was not turning back. He burned it. He got rid of everything. One of the things that we learn as we grow is Christianity is not a casual commitment. It's a full-time adventure. It's something we have to make adjustments with every moment of every day. You ever heard the phrase or you ever said, I don't want to burn any bridges? Said that, heard that? Don't want to burn any bridges? Today I believe there are some bridges that we should burn. Some things that we should just be totally removed for, from. And let me tell you a couple of them. Let's begin with the bridge of doubt and the bridge of low expectations. These are bridges that should be burned if they're involved in your life. Doubt and low expectations. And let me read a scripture and then we'll talk about how it can impact us. In John 11, a man named Lazarus was sick. You know the story well. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus, he was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. His disciples objected, Rabbi, they said only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? So they had some low expectations of going back. They had fear about going back. They had doubt about going back. And Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. 
They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night there's danger of stumbling because they have no light. Reminding them that he's the light of the world and he's with them. Then in verse 11 he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I'll go wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus was dead. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you'll really believe. Come, let's see him, because he's about to raise him up. And when they're getting ready to go, Thomas, doubting Thomas, said this. Let's go to and die with Jesus. Now, it's interesting that he's known as Doubting Thomas. He's got a lot of commitment here. He's ready to go and face his end because he thinks that's what's going to happen when they get back to Judea. Let's go and die with Jesus. I admire his devotion, but I'm sorry for his low expectations. He still does not realize who Jesus is. And I'm sorry for the doubt and the fear of all the disciples at that time. As I look forward to 2019, as you look forward to 2019, I hope that we can put away any kind of doubt or fear or low expectations. It's interesting saying that to a largely empty house, but I'm thinking back to Tuesday, aren't you? And it was full. And we see what we can do. I don't want to have low expectations. I'm convinced that God can do anything. And I need to put any kind of doubt away and any kind of thinking that I have a small God. Scripture's filled from cover to cover with God doing great things. From creation to resurrection. Both Old and New Testament. I was trying to think of the perfect verse to encourage you to not have low expectations, to not have doubt, to not have fear. And I love this one, what the angel told Mary about part of God's plan in sending Christ. Luke 1.37 for nothing will be impossible with God. Say that with me. For nothing will be impossible with God. Do you believe that? We should live like we do. I said in our prayer time that Matt Savage was here and he stood when we sang and he climbed the stairs and had his picture made. Uh, it's been fun because his mom stays with us. It's been fun over the months watching her and she might be watching right now. She is. Hey, Christy. It, it has been fun watching her and watching him realize that anything is possible. And I love watching that. You've heard the story likely before that we came here from a church in Indiana, Hopewell Baptist Church. Before we got there, we got there in 1998. It was 1990, June of 1990, when it was a little white country church painted white and little stairs on it, and a tornado blew it down, just obliterated the church. And they had a choice to make. Do we rebuild? Do we just wipe our hands of it and call it quits and go somewhere else? What, what do we do? And it's interesting what has happened in Hopewell since that tornado knocked it away. Uh, they went from about 3,000 square feet to about 25,000 square feet. And if you go there today and talk to them, they'll tell you the best thing that ever happened was a tornado knocking the church down. 
because they believed with God all things were possible. What can happen here? Anything. For with God, nothing will be impossible. If you have doubt and low expectation, it's time to put them away. Next week, we're going to talk about vision and plans and hopes and dreams for the future. Another bridge that I see very often that Christians need to get rid of is the bridge of guilt or low self-worth. Too often I've seen people say, you know, I, I hear God loves me, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know how bad I have been. And you're right, I don't. But God does, and he loves you anyway, if you believe what the Bible says. Maybe you've thought that you just don't belong or you've had too many failures or too many bad decisions. This, these verses are for you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. That's a keeper, isn't it? That's a good one. We all know John 3, 16, but verse 17 is awful good. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God's not mad at the world. He loves the world and wants to save all who will come. 1 John 1, 9 is a verse I learned as a youth in this place. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No matter what you've done, confess your sins and he'll cleanse you from all of it. Romans 8, 1 puts it this way. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. You're not guilty. That's good stuff. Romans 3, 23 and 24 puts it this way. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God with undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. That's good. Some people think that they shouldn't be baptized or join the church because they're not good enough. That kind of thinking is like uh, trying to get well to go before to the doctor. It, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. We need to accept the forgiveness that God has given us and forget what happened in the past and press on. We need to put away pride and stubbornness along with that. There are other bridges to bird, and we all have different thoughts. Anger, quarreling, prejudice, grudges, habits, toxic relationships, these are things we think about as the new year approaches. We say things like, I won't do that in 2019. I won't go there in 2019. Maybe there's something you need to put away. Some bridge or some bridges you need to burn. Today's invitation is simple. I brought a prop to show you how good this is. We did this about four years ago, and I think I want to make it a yearly tradition. And you might recall this. What I want you to do, if you're able, and if you're not able to climb the steps, then you come and see me and point at one, and I'll take it down. Is I want you to take 
an ornament off the tree representing what it is you want to do. Let's say that I want to give up. Hold on, I'm trying to think of what I want to give up. Dear, it's not, no, it's not fried chicken, but let's just say it is. I, I, I want to quit wasting time. I want to quit wasting time. I want to quit whatever. Then I'm going to come. That's going to represent what I want to quit, and I'm going to put it away. Let's say I'm mad at someone, and I want to just let it go. I'm going to come get it and put it away and let it go. It's going to mean something different to each of you. Maybe it's a hurt. Maybe it's a memory. Maybe it's a habit. I don't know what it is. But it might be time to put something away. So our invitation is going to be our dismissal as well. When you've gotten it and put it away, you can take off out these doors, realizing you've put it away. Elisha taught us a wonderful lesson burning his oxen and yoke and not going back. What is it for you? I don't know. Prayerfully consider it. And if you want to put it away, put it away. If you also just want to help take ornaments off the tree, we'll let you do that as well. <laughs> and we're going to do that Wednesday night. We're going to take the tree down. But as our invitation, if there's something you need to let go, let it go. Let's pray. Father, help us in these moments to reflect on what it is we need to change, what it is we need that we've been wrestling with to give up, and let us just leave it with you. And when we walk out of this place, help us to feel that burden has been lifted. Father, thank you that you do that, whether it is sin, whether it is thoughts, whatever it is, you can change it. Help us to change. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you want to come, do this. On your way out, do this.